Super Talk Mississippi media production. Southern Miss fans know the number one stop for Golden Eagle Apparel is Campus Book Mart on Hardy Street in Hattiesburg. Baseball, basketball, football, Campus Book Mart has it covered with clothing to fit the young and old, big and small Golden Eagle in your family. You can visit the store on Hardy Street, shop online at campusbookmart.net, or call in your order and have it mailed to your front door. However you choose to buy, always visit Campus Book Mart first. You won't be sorry. Campus Book Mart and Southern Miss, to the top. Pre-record on my count. Seven, six, five, four, three, two. Roll A, fade up on A. Southern Miss to the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. All right, let's go. Friday edition of the Super Talk Eagle Hour. We're glad you're with us. Our favorite day of the week, baseball day. Doesn't look like it right now, but I think they'll probably be playing later tonight. Great show for you. Demon Mixon from the Student Prince is about to join us. Patrick McGee from NOLA.com. Going to have an interview with Lonnie Cornfield. We think you'll find interesting. And then Brett Pittman, our super fan of the week. I think is actually going to be joining us here in the Super Talk studio. So looking forward to that. It is a baseball weekend. Emma Mixon from the uh, Student Prince. And, uh, boy, this is a big game this weekend, big series, Emma, with a really high-caliber team coming in here. We've got to get this bad weather out of the way, and we should be in store for some really exciting college baseball. Yeah, I mean, anytime you get two Super Regionals, uh, two Super Regional should have been a host for Indiana State last year, so technically two uh, super regional hosts on the field playing each other in a weekend series. Always just uh, just a great series ahead. This was circled as the as the non conference series of the of the year, and uh, it should live up to that with just a really really good Indiana State ball club coming in here. And then obviously we all know what Southern Miss can be. So exactly, uh, give us your evaluation. I know you cover it pretty closely. Uh, what you've seen out of the baseball team so far and uh, what you think they have to do to be successful this weekend? Well, I think first and foremost, pitching has lived up to the hype. Um, you know, I think every one of their loss has been one run outside of that Missouri State loss that was two runs. So the pitching is, has been putting the offense in positions to win win the game, uh, each of the games, um, each of the, uh, every game they've been in. Um, so uh, now, now the hitting could see some a lot of improvement in, in certain areas. And I think some of the fundamental base running could be improved a little bit. But, you know, six and three after the first nine games with a, a, a team that replaced six of the nine of the starting of the, of the starting lineup, you're expecting some of those woes and growing pains, probably not against Marist or uh, against Marist or Nichols, but uh, you take your wins and uh, you move past your losses. I'm glad that you brought up base running, Dima, because – it seems to be, and I put it in the same category as bunting. It just seems like and this is not a, this is not an indictment on Southern Miss. It just seems like college and pro teams in general anymore, they don't appear to practice it very much. And as evidence, I use all the blunders and mistakes, even that that the Eagles have made, you know, on the bases and in strategic situations in major league or college games guys will be asked to get bunts down and more times than not 
they seem unable to. It has to come down to a, a lack of concentration or execution in practice. Or uh, It's just an observation I have. What are your thoughts on those two particular items? Yeah, well, I mean, I, I've covered Southern baseball since uh, my freshman year, which has been three years ago. So I've always said that this team does not know how to bunt, and I don't know what it is. I'm kind of like you. I just don't understand it. Um, they've never been good at bunting since I've been here covering the team. And one thing that I don't really understand is when you have a guy on first and second, you know a bun is coming. Why don't you just go ahead and show it? You know, I feel like sometimes they hold back uh, and then show it once the pitch is coming. I mean, there's not really – it's not you're not really gaining an advantage when you hide a bunt. Um, um, as far as the base running, I think that could be improved. Um you know, even the other night when they bun it up to the pitcher, I mean, that's just like that shouldn't be happening at a level of college baseball that Southern Miss wants to be in. And one of the things that, that people need to understand about this Indiana State team, lots of times people say, well, yeah, they were last year, but, you know, they probably lost a bunch of people. Well, they didn't. Not so with the Sycamores, no. baby. They're loaded. Yeah, it's a, it's a fantastic ball club. They only have one loss. Um, I will say they haven't played. Great opponents um, so far, which could, I mean, I think this is their, their their most tough weekend series, no doubt, so far this season. They went on the road on Tuesday night to play a really good Vanderbilt team. They got absolutely hammered. I think it was like 20 to 4 or something like that. Um, so, you know, you can make that out to weekend pitching or just seeing a more quality baseball team than what they've faced before Vanderbilt. But I think they're they're just as good as if, if not better than Southern Miss. So you're in for a really good weekend series and a really tough upcoming uh, stretch for Southern Miss when you got to go to play Mississippi State on Tuesday, then you got in Ruston the next weekend, and then you got to play Alabama at home, who's undefeated. So you really hope you can get through this still alive almost if you, if you catch my drift as where you're not losing too many games because you're going to lose some games over the stretch, but you need to be winning more than losing, obviously. Here's the thing, too, guys. Uh, Southern Miss probably just as talented as Indiana State, but Kelly, you made a good Definitely. point. They got a lot of older players on their team. Southern Miss, dude, they played 11 freshmen and sophomore players Tuesday night down on the coast. And the thing about, you know, we, we mentioned Nichols the other night, and I think toward the end of the program, I said, look, don't sleep on Nichols. Uh, because that's a they team. They were a regional team last year. Yeah, and, and they've only lost you know one game. That's one of the things to me. They beat me, LSU last year. And that's yeah. one of the things that appeals to me, I mean, about college baseball, is that, look, in football, if you're bigger and stronger, you're going to win. You're only a 98% chance of winning. Basketball, you know, a lot the same. But in baseball, there are so many variables that even teams that aren't very good, you know, ha- they've got a chance to go out and win every single game, and I think that's part of the appeal. Let me ask you a, <clears throat> excuse me, a non-baseball question about baseball. We hear a lot about, uh, and you see a lot on social media, people scrambling for tickets and no ticket availability. What, what, how does that affect students, Dima? I mean, do, do students have access to the games, or, or is that sold out to the students as well? Yeah, uh, it, it is sold out to the students, um, or like students do have access to them. Normally what, what happens is we get an email in our student email saying tickets are available for this weekend. I'd say probably on Wednesday or Thursday. But, I mean, if you don't click it almost immediately, you, you won't get a ticket. I mean, it, it does go that quickly. That's um, and uh, I will say something to Kelly's point, um, to what he was just saying, um, look at Marist. I mean, a team who's in the sub-250s coming into Hattiesburg, and 
I mean, they, they out-hit Southern Miss in every single game. Um, they, they really had a chance to take the series, which is really crazy to say. And then they won that Sunday game in a game you can pretty much argue wasn't really that close. Um, and so um, that, that's just a testament to show that how a team like that can come into the peat and play against the Southern Miss team. No who question. You, by, by all means, should be in the, the tournament and, and if not competing for a hosting spot. Um, and a team like that who went, what, 17 wins last season, come in here and, no. and show out. So yeah, I, I think that is something great about college baseball. I, I think to sum it up in, in shorter terms, in football and basketball, you can play poorly and still win. But in yeah. baseball, really, regardless of who you're playing at this level, you cannot play poorly no. and win. Well, I said at yep. the start of the year to anybody that would listen to me with a very limited number of people, as you know, Kelly. <laughs> Angela uh, has to listen to yeah, you. Yeah, well, she didn't have any choice. Pearl Girl <laughs> listens to me. Yeah, Your she, dog, yeah. She listens to me. Uh, I did, I'm not surprised that they've lost a couple of games. When I look at the roster turnover, and I get they have a lot of great, talented kids, but you got to have team chemistry. you got to have time to get used to one another in a game situation. I said early on, Kelly, I wouldn't have been surprised at the end of the first month if the team were 500. They're going to be better than that. But, see, even then I wouldn't have been upset because, as we see, they have the ability to really turn it on, and they have the talent to turn it on once they get the chemistry down. Do you disagree with that? And you hear people say, too, in social media, well, the same record as they were last year at this time. Yeah, but but this schedule is tougher. As tough as last year's schedule was, this one's even tougher. And Dima had mentioned earlier the Eagles are going into this this tough streak of games. I would argue that you could take about any five to seven games. And they're all pretty tough. This year. <laughs> yeah, they're all, yeah, they're not. A, I haven't seen any real breaks in the schedule. Yeah, you think well, Nichols out of the Southland boy that would ought, that ought to be one we ought to get. Yeah, yeah. Well. All right, Dima, give us your weekend prediction. Let's hear what the ace reporter of the student prints thinks is going to happen this weekend. <laughs> um, I think Southern Miss wins the series. I think they, I think they win tomorrow night on Friday. Or no, sorry, what I'm thinking it's Thursday tonight. Tonight they win tonight. Uh, I really like Mazza. I just think he's he's going to give Indiana State the velocity they haven't seen, and I think he'll be able to hold them down long enough. But Man, Southern Miss better get their bats going because this is a guy for Indiana State. Their their ace is really, really good. He was on the team last season. Um, and I think they probably lose tomorrow. Um, I just I think I think this goes to a rubber match and Southern Miss on Sundays, I think I take them at home to so win the rubber match. They'll throw their ace tonight, right? I mean Indiana yeah. State will throw their best yeah. guy tonight. Yeah. Well yeah. there's there's always that argument, you know, as to what the coach should do. If you think that Maz is that great do you really want to burn your number one against Southern Miss's number one and potentially not win that game? Right. You know, then then you, or do you put your number two guy against Southern Miss's number two or three guy? You know, there's a lot of a lot of cat and mouse going on even early in the season. All right, David. Now that the interview's over. Go out there and do something about the rain. Get it out of the area where we can have a, a pleasant, <laughs> right, warm let me, let me spring night somebody. tonight. Thank you, buddy. We appreciate you. Thank you. See y'all. Demo Mixon, everybody from the Studer Prince. They really do a good job covering sports with the newspaper. He and that group of, of young men that work together, I think they do a very good job. Yeah, and Dima, I guess that's sure for Vladimir. Dima's kind of a... He told us. Well, it's Dimitri. Oh, Dimitri. That's Dimitri, right. That's right. Yeah. Dimitri. Dimitri. Dima. Dimitri. All right, when we come back, Lonnie Cornfield, one of my favorite athletes here at Southern Miss, had a great interview with her as the Lady Eagles get ready to take on Louisiana tonight. We'll be right back.
Robinson Electric Supply in Laurel is a wholesaler and distributor that has been powering our community for over 20 years. With everything from conduits to tape, tools to home automation devices, if you can think of it, we supply it. All you need to do is talk us through the project at hand and we'll ensure you're equipped to get it done right. To get all the electrical supplies you need, visit Robinson Electric at 519 North 13th Avenue or call us at 601-649-1317. Southern Miss to the top. To the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. I want to thank Demon Mixon from the Prince for joining us. Does a great job covering Southern Miss sports. Patrick McGee from NOLA.com still to come. And a special guest, super fan, Brett Pittman, now baseball coach at Petal High School. He'll be coming on the show later. Lady Eagle basketball team is going to finish up the season tonight. They're in Louisiana to take on the uh, Raging Cajuns. And uh, I think they've played, well, they've played once this year. That's right. And Southern Miss beat them. Southern Miss, one of the hottest women's teams in the league right now. On the other side of this interview, Kelly's going to give us a breakdown of what we think the tournament is going to look like. But, uh, First, I wanted to bring this to you. This 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 kid's just a delight to watch. Uh, Lonnie Cornfield is point guard for the Golden Eagles. Tenacious as they come, she has become a big part of this very potent lineup. Talked to her earlier this week at practice, and uh, here's what uh, Lonnie had to say. All right, Lonnie Cornfield on the Super Talk Eagle Hour. First question for you, Lonnie, is an obvious one to me. I watch every game. I've lost track of the times that players twice your size have just knocked you flat of your back. <laughs> Are you sore, tired, banged up? You know, um, believe it or not, I'm actually not as sore and tired as you would think. But I do have a lot of back problems, um, and I'm constantly getting cupping by my athletic trainer. But um, it takes a lot. But I just try to tense my body up so I don't feel it as much. <laughs> it doesn't seem to phase you. You just pop right back up, and it almost seems to motivate you at times. You know, honestly, I actually have a really um, fun time uh, being all over the floor, running all over the place, getting knocked down. I just kind of, it just kind of just loosens me up a little bit. It makes it, uh, makes me feel like I'm doing something out there. Yeah. i tell you who you remind me of on the other side. You remind me of Mo Arnold. Yeah. The guard for the, for the men's team, obviously. Always motor running 120%. Yeah, um, I really like Mo, Mo's game. Um, I've always liked his style of play, and I mean, I try to make as big an impact as I can. Well, you're making a tremendous impact. You've really become one of the leaders of the team. Your your thoughts about uh, you've had a great year. Your thoughts about the season? Um, honestly, I think we could we could have done better. I mean, we still obviously have a chance to uh, take it all the way, but um, I think you know we're we're learning a lot of lessons. We're coming together slowly but surely, and I just hopefully we can get it done in the end. What's your career so far meant to you here at Southern Miss? Uh, how's it been for you? Um, it's been uh, pretty good. I really feel like I have a big impact on the team. I feel like my teammates listen to me. I feel like my coaches listen to me. Um, and it's, it's been going pretty good. I know when you guys were in New York, uh, they made a pretty big deal on, on the TV broadcast. You had a lot of family there. That had been a pretty special day for you. Um, it was. It was amazing. Um, that was my first time being able to play anywhere near home. Um, I had a great great crowd come for me um it was just a, definitely a moment that i'll remember all right two games left postseason the vibe on the basketball team um it's kind of we we need it there isn't there isn't no what ifs there isn't any um uh maybes like we have to get it done and i think we can 
The competition this year, describe what it's been like uh, in the Sun Belt. I tell you, one, one observation I have is they just let everybody bang each other around. It, it seems to be pretty gung-ho about letting people play. Your thoughts about that, and do you like that rough style of play? You know, well, you know me, if, especially watching the games, I'm always in foul trouble, so I'm probably the one person that they don't let play. Um, but uh, honestly, I mean... It's it's hit or miss. I mean, if the refs are in our, in our favor, love it. If they're not, don't love it. Um, but I mean, it's honestly, I think the competition could be better. Obviously, our record isn't showing it, but that's just because we need to get our um, our the stuff on our end put together. But I mean, I think it's great. I mean, it's always a battle every game, and that's you could see. The records are pretty close together with any team, so I mean, it's it's good. Yeah. All right. Give me an give me an eyewitness report. Everybody's still buzzing about the the brawl. What <laughs> happened from your viewpoint? <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, so I mean, I was right there. Uh, I I could see that. I mean, Dom was getting her arm tied up uh, multiple times way before that um, encounter happened. But um, I already knew once that one shove happened to get Dom off her. Me and Brakela, we moved on. We moved uh, first instinct because we knew already was going to happen. And as soon as she pushed uh, Dom down, we was there. Uh, we didn't mean for it to ex escalate as quickly as it did, but I mean, it was kind of like, whoa. But I mean, I kind of, I, I knew it was going to happen eventually. Coach told me in her entire career, she's never seen anything like that. How about your playing career? Uh, actually, I've actually been um, a part of that in, at my JUCO. We, uh, one of my teammates had a, got in a fist fight as well there so it wasn't my first it wasn't my first go around but um it was definitely something that like i didn't expect i was actually pretty shooken up about it but you got to defend your teammate right exactly we're 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 all here for each other we um you know brakela obviously put her body on the line for dom and we were we're all here for each other explain to me how dom doesn't swing that doesn't get a swing in get suspended the girl who starts the fight is suspended only one game and you're out too right yeah honestly that that whole thing had me really frustrated um i i i wish i had the answers i wish i was told more answers um i don't think it was necessarily fair but it is what it is i got my uh suspension games out the way brakela has one more so I mean, all we can do is move yeah. forward well one good thing i saw from it is some of the kids that don't get to play a lot they really stepped up didn't they did. they they did um i was really proud of them honestly i mean i told them countless of times after the game how much they stepped up how much they uh impacted the game and how because i mean i always i believed in them i told them at halftime after my ejection i'm like you guys got this i had 100 percent faith in them yeah well it's been a great pleasure watching you play this year i think you exemplify southern best tenacious tough and never quit uh, great great joy watching you play every week thank you i really appreciate that yeah. all right that's uh lonnie cornfield i've made no bones about telling you kelly mo arnold's been my favorite basketball player on the men's team all year she's my female version of mo arnold two kids that just give 150 percent of their efforts sacrifice their bodies just do whatever they can do to help their team win. That Lonnie Cornfield is the cream of the crop. I love the way that she oh, can shuck defenders and that, pop the three. Boy, I'm telling you, aren't you something? You're, <laughs> those, just, you're very special. Those are all the, those Has are anyone all, ever said that to you, that you're special? Yeah, I always rode the short bus uh, when I went to school. Yeah, <laughs> that's, the kind of, that's the kind of special, all right. Yeah, those all are right. the only corn uh, 
So how do, funny as I have. Okay, okay. How, how does the tournament spark out? All right, right now, of course, you know, the reason they're playing tonight, Bob, and, and the men are also playing Louisiana. It's a women and men's doubleheader with the women's game starting at 5, the men's game starting at 7.30, is the conference wants to get the regular season done tonight so they can go ahead and get the seeds in the bracket and begin play on Tuesday. Believe it or not, the Sunbelt Conference Tournament begins Tuesday at the Pensacola Bay Center in Pensacola. Now, it looks like the women's team is most likely going to slot in the sixth seed. In order for them to get the five, they'd have to win, and Louisiana Monroe would have to lose to the last-place team. Isn't likely, but again, most likely the women would be the sixth seed, which would have them playing their opening round on Wednesday, March 6th, at 5 o'clock, they would play the winner of the 11-seed, 14-seed. Right now, Georgia Southern and Coastal Carolina don't know which one's going to be the 11. It'll be one of those two. And then Texas State could be the 14th seed, but guess who else could be the 14th seed? Who's that? Ooh. South Alabama. Yeah. Well, that's okay yeah. because the women are not plagued with the curse. No, the women just beat the snot out of South Alabama. So this could be good. Somebody's got to, right? Maybe if the men get South Alabama, the women could play them. <laughs> we got to do something to change it on the men's side. The good thing for the for the women, if they do wind up as that six seed, they wind up on the opposite side of the bracket as the number one team. So, um, which is Marshall. We right now, right now. So, um, but there's, but it's very clear who the top four teams are. And we've talked about when you go into tournament play, whether it's the NCAA tournament or in this case the Sun Belt tournament, you want to be playing your best basketball at that time. Right. And when you look at particularly the men's side, now where does that go? Let's see. App State's number one, but they've won six in a row. So when are we playing South Alabama in the opening round of the tournament? <laughs> we hope. <laughs> We hope we don't have to. But App State has won six in a row on the men's side. James Madison has won nine in a row. And Arkansas State has come out of nowhere and has won six in a row. So between those teams, they've, they've won 21 uh, games in a row. Where would you the men are going to play right now? They're going to they're be a five or a six. So who would you say the likely opponents could be? I'm looking at the men's bracket right now, which, by the way, these are all available. The brackets are available at sunbeltsports.org. That's sunbeltsports.org. They are probably going to play – they'll play the, the 11th seed or the 14th seed in one of those. No. <laughs> no. You're kidding me. No. no. So, South Al could be an 11th seed. No. Yeah. No. Come on, Kelly. Really? Uh, seriously. Yeah. They could play South Alabama. What is the other possibility? Can I ask that, please? <laughs> uh, dead lat. Well, Georgia Southern is also in that mix as well on the men's side. Uh, but right now, the 14th seed, that hasn't been decided yet either. All right, so we'll know this tomorrow night? Yes. Tonight. After, tonight. Yeah, late tonight. We'll be able to pencil in all the uh, brackets. Sunbeltsports.org. You can download the men and women's bracket for the tournament that begins on Tuesday in Pensacola. Dear Lord, if you do ever listen to the Eagle Hour, please do not make us play South Alabama in the opening round of the tournament. Of course, I know the guys that say, bring them on. <laughs>
Southern Miss to the top. Let me catch up, please. We're broadcasting from the Southern Bank Course Studio here in Hattiesburg, Kelly and I. Opening segment of the show was sponsored by Good Guys down at Dickey's Barbecue Pit. Second segment, Kathleen at Campus Book Mart. And this segment is sponsored by Four Street Bar and Grill, where you can catch the ball games tonight. If you, if you don't have a ticket, you can watch the ball game at Four Street Bar and Grill. No question about that. Mo Bay Beignet Company, great place to go get some good beignets over the weekend. 2902 Hardy Street in Hattiesburg, the official beignet store of the Super Talk Eagle Hour. Actually, you could combine the two. Start your day at ben, uh, Mo Bay Beignets and then go hard, just about next door to Miss Kathleen's place there. That's exactly right. And then later that night, you go drink beer and watch a baseball game at 4th Street Bar and Grill. And with this weather, if it doesn't stop, there might cover. be a lot of people there with you. Patrick McGee, NOLA.com. Is it raining in the Big Easy, Patrick? Yeah, it's, uh, it was kind of dry for a bit, but today, uh, ever since last night, it's been raining a good bit. I got you. All right, Patrick, uh, the combines are, are getting ready. Draft is just around the corner. What are the New Orleans Saints looking at? Who are they looking at? What do they need to improve their team? Well, at the combines, I think things kind of really started yesterday. Uh, saw defensive linemen out there. Defensive lineman from Texas uh, weighs 366 pounds, uh, still managed to run a 5340. Uh, so they're still out there <clears throat> looking at guys and evaluating and interviewing uh, players, including uh, former LSU quarterback Jaden Daniels. Uh, they're you know they're just kind of covering their bases and seeing what's out there. I think really I, they're still trying to familiarize themselves with new offense coordinator Clint Kubiak. Uh, once with you know players that they might take in the draft, so they're still trying to kind of formulate uh, how they're going to approach this with a new offensive coordinator in place. Uh, yeah, I mean it's uh, it'd be wise to go to nola.com and read some of our reporting this week on the NFL Combine and how the Saints are going about things. Um, it, I guess the main thing we kind of learned from this week is that it sounds like the Saints are kind of on uh, considering trading Marshawn Lattimore, their star cornerback, which would make sense. You know he's still playing at a high level, but he's getting a little bit older. Had some injuries that kept him out. But if they, you know, if they can improve their, improve themselves via the draft or maybe bringing in, you know, uh, a, you know, a contributor, I think they do move on Lattimore. So there's a lot of things that can happen right now. It's it's hard to say how this plays out, but this may be one of the more unpredictable off seasons the Saints have had in a while. Is the Honey Badger done? Is his career over? No, no, I, I, he played well this season. Uh, I expect him to be back with the Saints again this season. And what about the running back? Uh, you, you mentioned earlier he, he was even a possible trade. I just can't yeah. imagine trading him, though. He's such a good player. Alvin Kamara? No, I, Kamara yeah. yeah, Alvin Kamara. I think there's a chance they trade him, but I think it's a small chance. Uh, I think they like – I think one of the reasons that Ryan Kubiak is to really kind of create a more consistent ground game and the idea of a Kamara – Operating in that system has to be exciting. Uh, he's a similar running back to say, you know, what McCaffrey has in, in San Francisco. So uh, I think a lot of people see that, that Kamara's going to fit in well. And Kamara's still in good shape, you know, still strong, still fast. He looks like the same guy he was before, but he's just not getting the help, not getting the blocking up front that he needs. So 
I think they like the idea of Kamara fitting in the system, but it's not completely out of the question. He's an elite uh, player, right, Kelly? I mean, oh, and, and Alvin Kamara is one of those genetic freaks, yeah. man. I mean, he's yeah. going to be 50 years old and, and could looks like he could still play in the league. You know, he's just, like right. you. Very much so. Very much yeah. like you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, I've put, on, I've put on a few LBs over the years. but Kamara's uh, <laughs> one of those guys that just makes it look easy. You know, it, just, it doesn't look like he's running that hard, but he's, he's moving. I think he's a great run, but. Patrick, one of the things, as long as as I have covered sports, one of the things that continues to confuse me is these salary cap situations when they say, well, the league has increased the salary cap to X number of millions of dollars, but yet they have to restructure this guy's contract and restructure. What's the point of even having a salary cap if you can just keep moving, you know, salaries around and restructuring people's contracts? I don't get it. Well, I mean, I think everybody's a winner in these restructures because these these players are getting their money up front, basically, you know, through bonuses. Uh, so I think in a way that the cap works to everybody's advantage, especially the players. Uh, I think the NFLPA likes the current situation and how you can kind of work your way around it by just you know, go ahead and giving the, these players their money up front uh, through bonuses. So, I, you know, it's, it's a little – it's even hard for me to understand because there's a math – that I'm not fully aware of, but you know, I think it was they restructured uh, Cam Jordan's contract this week, and they were able to clear uh, 9.4 million dollars towards the salary cap. So, uh, yeah, I mean, they're just going to keep maneuvering, and they're pretty close. Uh, they're, they're, it seems like they're almost getting over the hump quicker than they usually do. And I've got some, I got some buddies of mine who are Tennessee Titan fans. You know, live up in Nashville, and they'll go, "Oh yeah, we we've got like the third most amount of money under the salary cap," and I'll say, "Which means what?" Well, I don't know, but we have the third most <laughs> third most amount of money. That's something that fans apparently keep track of, I guess, to use in free agency, yes? Yeah, I mean, it bores the hell out of me. I'm not. <laughs> this, is, this, is, this is not anything, you know, the thought of one day, you know, being an NFL beat writer, that never appealed to me, is having to write about the cap. Because, I mean, numbers just bore me. So I just, I just expect it to all be – to work out in the end, and that's what the Saints just do. You know every what year. could be worse than that, though, Patrick, being a sports writer and having to cover the Commanders. I'd yeah. rather cover the salary cap. The Commanders well, are more I, boring yeah. than the salary cap. The uh, Matthew Paris, who's uh, our newest Saints beat writer, he was covering the Commanders previously before he got over here, and I think he's uh, oh. he's in heaven over here. Oh yeah, it's like he got out of jail. Yeah. So why do you think he's now in New Orleans? <laughs> yeah, Patrick, I've never asked you this question, and this is, I guess, a little off base, but. We know about the love affair between the New Orleans Saints and their fan base, but how how popular are the Pelicans in the NBA? Well, I mean, I think right now it's you know they're in a, a good position. You know, I, I we've had this conversation before whether it's New Orleans, you know, Louisiana, Mississippi, uh, Alabama, Georgia. They're just not basketball states. You know, I think right. in Texas you have basketball towns like Houston. Uh, but just down south, it's kind of harder to find that. So you don't. It's not. It's not even Chicago or Minneapolis or New York or you know wherever. It's just not that. So I mean, there's interest and there's been good crowds. I've I've been to a Pelicans game early this season. It was packed out. So things are doing pretty well this season. I think the level of interest is good, but it's just not ever going to be anywhere near what it is. No. Do uh, they sell out? Are. Do they sell out the arena in New Orleans? Yeah, you know, I would. I don't know how, technically how many sellouts they technically an, announced, but they're getting really good crowds this season. Ooh. I would say they're per, they're consistently close to packing it out. Here's what I'd say, and you two guys tell me if I'm wrong. It would not matter. 
you could bring a major league baseball team to New Orleans. You could bring mm-hmm. any professional sports team you want to bring, and no one's ever going to top the New Orleans Saints. They are part of the culture of the state of Louisiana, right, right Patrick? Yeah, yeah. I mean, they're just they've you know been here since the '60s, and and everybody, even whenever they were horribly, horribly bad. The fans still showed up. Sure, they complained, but they showed up, and they, they're really passionate about their team. Yeah. It's a unique situation, kind of similar to what they get in Green Bay or so some other areas like that. It, the whole community is bought in. There's that old adage that it's better to be first than to be best. Mm-hmm. And the Saints were the first pro team in New Orleans, so they're always going to be you know the best one as far as people are concerned. I've always seen, too, Patrick. They're, they've always been – there's that passion in Mississippi. i got friends yeah. up in the Delta that are – Avid Saints fans, season ticket holders, do not miss a game. You're talking about a seven-hour drive, six-hour drive to get to New Orleans from the Delta. Uh, there's great passion in Mississippi for the New Orleans Saints. Yeah, especially from Jackson South, because uh, I mean, uh, in those markets, they consistently had Saints on TV every Sunday, so it was just kind of built in there, and the fan base built. And the Saints have held training camps in Mississippi and uh, played a preseason game or two in Mississippi, so. You know, yeah, they they really kind of fostered that and, and built something special within the state, and there are always going to be Saints fans in Mississippi, especially from Jackson's house. Yeah, no question. All right, Patrick, about 90 seconds left. Kelly wanted me to ask you about this. He got pretty excited this week when he saw that Tom Brady ran a 40-yard dash <laughs> faster than he did his rookie season. Kelly thinks this could be the opening for the GOAT to come back. What do you think? No, it's, uh, I, I just don't think Tom Brady ever thought about running a 40-yard dash before he got to the NFL. <laughs> so I think that's he's in great shape physically, and, and I think I joke with y'all, if you ever saw a picture of Tom Brady with his shirt off coming out of Michigan going to the NFL, he looked like he, he looked like he had never lift a, lifted a weight a day in his life. Mm-hmm. And he's taken his health really seriously uh, right. uh, throughout his time with the NFL. So it, it doesn't really surprise me one bit. He's, and, a, he's a beautiful man, Kelly. And, and when he was playing <laughs> – when he was playing in the NFL, he never had to run a 40-yard dash. And you know why, right. Bob? Because the NFL was going to see to it that nobody laid a hand on that guy. He's a beautiful man. <laughs> and he also had good offensive line. Yeah, he did. His wife didn't, uh, wasn't too shabby either. No. How many Super Bowl rings? Six? I don't know. I mean, seven. 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 Seven Super Bowl rings, Kelly. Hey, let's talk about a root canal. That's twice you know? as many Super Bowls as the Bengals have lost. How about a cold toilet seat? Can we talk about that? Or a root <laughs> canal or things that are much more you know, pleasurable than that? Right, Patrick, before we let you go, how's Blue? Blue as well. He got groomed last week, so he's he's a lot less shaggy. But things, things are well in Blue Land. Our regards to Blue, please. <laughs> I'll, I'll be sure to let him know. Hey, we appreciate you, Patrick. We'll look forward to having you back on next week. All right. Thanks, guys. Patrick McGee, everybody, the professor from NOLA.com. Bob, you didn't tell me that the superfan was Colby Pittman's big brother. The superfan is in the building. Brett Pittman joins us next. Colby's older brother. On the Eagle Hour.
You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. The Eagle Hour. Southern Miss to the top. All right, welcome back. The Bat sponsors this segment of our program on Hardy Street, state-of-the-art uh, batting training facility. Baseball bat, uh, baseball and softball training for kids of every age. Check them out, D-Bat on Hardy Street. Also want to say hello to our good friends at Genesis of Hattiesburg, the official auto dealer of the Eagle Hour. Genesis sedans and SUVs are the best, finest luxury vehicles on the road. Coming very soon, the auto Genesis showroom. And finally, the Super Talk Eagle Hour podcast. It's available, and we thank, we're thankful that thousands of you tune in every week through the podcast you can find it on Apple, Audible, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, or you can tell Alexa to play the Super Talk Eagle Hour. All right, we like to bring people on our show that we we kind of think of as super fans, people that really love Southern Miss baseball and uh, Southern Miss sports. This young man, Brett Pittman, uh, I've met him at baseball. You were at the tournament last year, correct? Uh, he, he's a huge Southern Miss baseball fan, a graduate of USM, and now coach, baseball coach, actually, at the Pedal High School and. And Brett, welcome, man. We're glad to have you on the show. Yes, sir. Thank you all for having me. It's uh, my pleasure. I told you earlier I was going to get you on, and this will come as no surprise to anybody that works for me. I lost your phone number, but but we reconnected, and you're here, and I'm glad. And it was so interesting. You were telling me about all these family connections that you have to Southern Miss baseball. Explain that. Yes, sir. So, um, growing up, we've had season tickets. Um, my family has a suite that uh, we sit at during games, and my uncle, Uncle Dick, my uncle Dick Simmons, he played at Southern Miss um, in the seventies, I think. With Ray, he was a catcher whenever Ray Guy played at Southern Miss. Um, he always talks about the old field down there being where the football practice, practice field, field is, is now. Is right yeah. now, yes, sir. He always talks about how that field was. I think it was like really big, and it was hard to hit home runs out of there. Um, and then also with Coach Palmer, that coach at Southern Miss. Um, he was at Columbia High School head coach before he went to Meridian Community College. And my dad and my uncle both played for him at Columbia High School. And then my dad and uncle, or my uncle, followed him to Meridian Community College and pitched for him at Meridian Community College. And um, my family stayed in touch with Coach Palmer as he came to Southern Miss. One, one thing I always remember about Coach Palmer as I've grown up that stuck with me is when my – grandfather passed away I was seven or eight years old uh coach Palmer was the first person through the door for his visitation wow. and that's something that's always stuck with me about coach Palmer um you know since he's passed and stuff I'll always I'll always remember that so yeah. well I know you're a huge baseball fan like I say you traveled to watch him uh in Montgomery what is it about Southern Miss baseball that uh has your heart um well it's 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 easy to root for him because they it's guys who sometimes are overlooked or we're, we're, we got to compete with teams who have a lot more resources if you know what I mean around us money money yeah. <laughs> I mean I, I was, we have very very nice facilities but compared to the teams around us we don't have as much and oh, yeah. and and we compete with them every single year in and out and and they beat them most of the time too sometimes or in the recent years and it's just easy to that draws to me you know like the they always go back to the blue collar mentality so they're miss grit 
it's, it makes them easy to cheer for. Like that's somebody you want to go out there and see be great successful. Point. That's a great point. And I hear a lot of people, too, say that when you look at all the athletic programs at Southern Miss, most of them have had highs and lows. But when you look at the the rudder that keeps that ship going straight, you can always count on baseball, you know, being highly competitive. You know, and I don't, I don't think – because some people say, well, Southern Miss fans are unrealistic. I think all fans, to a degree, are unrealistic. But I think – at the heart, most Southern Miss fans just want their teams to be competitive. And you know, would you agree? And, and clearly, baseball is competitive. Yes, sir. I, I mean, as long as I can remember, I've been going to games since I was six or seven years old. And every year they put a, a competitive team out on the field. And um, it, at least it's a team that's fun to watch. They're going to they're put on a show. And um, it makes you want to get out there and watch them and see what they can do. Yeah, now you're coaching baseball at a school that has a very rich baseball tradition at Pedal. So when you hear people maybe criticize Coach Oz or in the, in the past maybe criticize, you know, Coach Barry or even Coach Paul, you have a new perspective now, don't you, Coach yeah, Pittman? Yes, sir. I, I like to tell people, uh, you know, you, all you can do is tell them, tell them what to do, but you can't get out there and play for them. You know what I mean? You, you can tell them every little detail that they need to do to the smallest little detail – but when it comes down to it, when the lights come on, you can't get out there and do it for them. they got to go out there and figure it out and do it themselves. No so. question about that. So you enjoy that. That's got to be great, man. I, I've, I've really enjoyed it. Uh, Coach Mills over at Pedal took me in. and um, Now, he came from? He came from South Panola. That's right. He came I, from I South Panola. Yeah. Um, and he, he's treated me really well. I've enjoyed it. Um, I didn't really have – didn't really know what to expect going into it. Um, but I've really thoroughly enjoyed it so far. And speaking of pedal legends, two of them now are over at Sacred Heart, including your father, who is the athletic director, and the longtime baseball coach at pedal, Larry Watkins, is the head coach at Sacred Heart. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. They're both over there tag-teaming it and running the show over there. A little bit of knowledge there. Yes, Let me tell you, Brett, you're an outstanding young man. It's been a pleasure to meet you, and I'm glad that we get to watch some baseball beside you. He brought me a beautiful Southern Miss jersey. And, yeah, I see that. And I'm very grateful to you for yes, that. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Thanks for coming on, man. It's it's uh, it's young fans like you that will carry this program long after old guys like me and Kelly are gone, <laughs> man. And I thank you for that. Well, thank you. Thank you. Y'all aren't too old either, so. <laughs> Good answer. Let's we'll, see if it's we'll up bring, there. We'll bring him back now, yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. Anytime. That, that wraps it up. Coach Oz will join us, of course, Monday for the first half hour. Hope you have a great weekend. Thanks for listening. Southern Miss to, to the, the top. A Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.